gonna be alright And it will be better than just fine We're gonna reach the stars and believe much higher I say it's gonna be alright And it will be better than just fine You watch this space, I'm telling you A champion's in town Awesome, awesome. Um, that is my guest today. Her name is Olivia Ambani. She is a singer, songwriter, and a marketing consultant. And I'm really excited to have her in studio today. Welcome, Olivia. Thank you very much. And, and that is such a beautiful song. And um, I think we will talk about, you know, how I came across that, because it's that particular song that I came across. And it's a really... Um, beautiful and it's and, and inspiring song that gives a lot of encouragement at a time when uh, you know there's a lot happening and 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 we need we need such music in, in our you. lives. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Um, and the reason um, why I I invited you is because I noticed that uh, first of all. Um, the amazing things that you've been able to do, the you being able to launch an album in the midst <laughs> of a pandemic, and we'll talk about that. Um, but also, I'd, uh, we'll be talking about um, that, you launching your album last year. The album is called Awakening. Um, and also, we'll also be talking about... Um, as a creative, uh, some of the challenges that uh, that, uh, that that you, that you face, and also being able to sort of um, move in those two worlds, because we just mentioned that you're a, you're a marketing consultant, and at the same time you're a you're, you're a creative, and and I you know I resonate a lot with that, and those are some of the things that we'll be talking about. Now, um, let's talk about your album because <laughs> sure. I, I won't go into your childhood and 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 you know what shaped your appreciation of music or marketing because I know you've done lots of interviews and I've talked about that because I have I have uh, I have watched your podcast that you did last year with uh, I think it's called the Kiss Bandit mm -hmm. I have read your interview with a good friend of mine uh, on 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 on, uh, on the Nation newspaper and so you know we'll skip that and we will um, talk about your album that you that you worked on last year because it's 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 a different uh, album from my experience listening to it because I've, I've been listening to it, um, you know, incessantly. Um, let's talk about that. And, um, you know, the process of, of writing, how it came about and in producing it. Wow. Yeah. So the album was written over a couple of years. Uh, songs were written at different times. Uh, so the first, which would be the first song I wrote, I don't even remember the first song I wrote for the album because I was writing it over the years. But I think one of the like second last to third songs was probably uh, better than Just Fine. Right. So that it was like at the end or in the middle when I wrote Better Than Just Fine. But writing that album was basically me expressing myself and wanting to share music that I connected to very deeply. Um, and all the songs that I have on the album were created through freestyles. So I like to freestyle, uh, which basically just means singing what comes to mind. And I would record them on my phone and then I'd go back and figure out like which of these songs stuck with me. And what would happen is the song that I'd keep singing over and over again would be the one that I felt is the one that I need to have on the album because I was like, if it can stick in my mind and I just literally came up with it now, then I think other people will connect with it too. Right. Um, but then the theme for the album was really, I thought of the title, The Awakening, because it was kind of me introducing myself to the world in terms of a musician 
And I felt like it's also the content of the album is all about sharing your truth and being able to express yourself in a way that's authentic to you. There's a lot of heartbreak songs and also songs about just life in general. And yeah, and then so creating it was me choosing myself and me saying that I'm going to figure out how to make my dreams come true. Because before I started working on the album, I'd been trying to get signed or to win a competition. Like I was waiting for the break, that big break, you know? Yeah. And then I got to a point where I realized I can't wait for someone to discover me. I literally need to discover myself. So I decided I'm going to figure out how to make my music dreams come true. And that's how The Awakening was born. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And as you're talking about, um, you know, the way that um, a lot of these songs came as, as you know, freestyles and, you, you know, you, you keep hearing the singing the song or, and you know and, and then you're like okay this is the song to work with and and you know when you're saying that I was just smiling and I was like that's the process for me because it's the same for me with with poetry where mm. I have a line and the line keeps coming and and, and that, that's been my writing process until I, I got to a point where I started having um, you know a writer's block and I was mm. like okay I need to force myself to write even when I don't have the inspiration and I think it comes at different points in your life, but uh, I really uh, resonate with that where you have lines coming to you and, and you know, just for me, just having a notebook or even having my phone and just writing it down, yeah. uh, you know, I found that really helping. So I want us to talk about uh, writing from a very, and even, you know, because you're, you're a singer and songwriter, writing from a very... Um, and, and a lot of creativity comes from a very vulnerable position where you're literally just opening up your heart and, mm. and, and, and pouring out your emotions, things that you're going through, experiences that you're having, whether it's heartbreak or any other experience that you're going through. Um, I listening to, the, listening to the album and that particular song, uh, things are going to be all right, better than just fine. Um, what was happening in your life? <laughs> At that time, wow. At that time. So that particular day when I freestyled that song, I had just had a jam session with a friend and it was just a difficult season. I felt like so many things just felt like they weren't going right. That particular day just felt super heavy. So when we finished like jamming, I told him, can we just jam one last time? Like just one last time, can we freestyle? Uh, and he was like, okay, sure, why not? And so he went on the piano and then I just started singing what came to mind. And I felt like better than just fine was my way of speaking to me and saying, it's literally going to be all right. Like your dreams will come true. And I think it was when I write songs, I'm very open. I don't mind whether it's right or wrong. I literally just let what comes to mind flow. And I feel like that was kind of a divine message from God or the universe or whatever you believe, like telling me it's really going to be all right. Just keep doing what you're doing. You will get there eventually. And then as I've been working on my music career and life, I literally have been singing or saying those words to myself, like believe in yourself, like keep going. And so that's the space I was in when I wrote the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this was last year. And I'm, I'm just wondering, um, as, a, as a creative, um, and this is something, um, you know, talking from, uh, you know, personal experience, I had great difficulty writing last year. Mm -hmm. And I, what I came to realize much later is that it's very difficult for me to write from a place of fear. Oh. And there was a lot of that last year. And, and, still, and still, even now, we haven't mm -hmm. fully adjusted because that thing of not having 
of not knowing what is going to happen. There's a lot of uncertainty. Mm. Um, there's a lot of um, grief around us. You're hearing, uh, you know, a certain uh, relative or friend or friend of a friend and, you know, with the pandemic happening. And, and that was, you know, very difficult for me. And, and, and I, I realized that it's not every creative who's going through that. Like for some, you know, their creativity just sparked. What was your experience um, last last year? So last year I did, so better than just find a route a few years ago, mm. but then I did create, actually I created a lot last year. So I had this, um, I have this series on my YouTube channel called Freestyle Fridays. And I basically created like 11 plus freestyles um, that I recorded. I felt like when I'm in different situations, my way of processing is to sing, is to freestyle. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a painful situation or a happy situation, I will sing. Like, that's how I am. I think it's my way of processing things. Yeah. It's my way of understanding where I am and how I feel. So for me last year, creating wasn't actually difficult. It actually became easier. But I feel it was also because I finished my album. I felt like... I was holding on to a lot of stuff because I really wanted my album to be out because I didn't want to like release other things and then fall out of love with my album before it was out. So I felt like once my album was out, it was like, yes, it's done. Like, and it was like a release. And then I had all this other stuff come to me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think for me, it, it didn't actually stop my creativity. If anything, it helped me process the situation and things that were going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, still dwelling on the uh, on the album and um, uh, and and you as a songwriter, we will come to you as a as a marketer because that's something I think we can you know um, there, there's a, there'll be a lot to speak about and how the two worlds sort of um, uh, you know feed off each other. Mm -hmm. Now, um, one of your songs, just in time. Uh, uh, was selected as a as a soundtrack to a Netflix. Uh, is it a, is that a movie or a series? Yeah, it's, it's a movie. So it's a just movie. in how time. Did that, the movie. How did that happen? <laughs> oh, sorry. The movie is called Just, just in, in Time, time. And, and your song is Falling Star. Yes. Sorry, I was confusing the two. Okay. <laughs> yes. Wow. How it happened? It was a shoot your shot moment. So I was basically watching the director of Just in Time. Um, she has a YouTube channel, and I was watching one of her movies. And then I heard like a lot of Kenyan music was playing, like Kenyan artist music was playing. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to find out if there's a contact detail of hers and I'm just going to email her. And then I found out she had a website. I went to her website and I filled in a form and I said, hi, I'm so-and-so. I have some music out. I also have, so by then my album wasn't yet out. So I said, I also have more music in case you want any, you know, if you feel it will fit for your film. Yeah. And then I left my contact details in the form and then I sent it in. That was it. So I forgot about it. Then two, three days later, I get a DM on Instagram from the director. And she's like, I love your music. And it's amazing that you reached out to me because I'm literally editing now the movie that's out just in time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think we can find a couple of pieces that we can put in a movie. And that's how that happened. And so I sent her the album. She had a listen. An hour later, she calls and she's like, okay, I want this song, this song and that song. And then she's like, but we'll confirm which particular song we want in the end. And yeah, and then in the end, Falling Star was the song that they chose. And that experience for me showed me, if you do not ask or reach out, the answer is always no. And like, she did not know who I was. Like, she did like nothing. But she was willing to, you know, give me a, a chance. And she actually told me that when she got my email, because she gets lots of these emails, she, for some reason, she felt like opening it. And she's like, it's very unlikely that I would because I get so many of these emails. 
But at this particular time, she decided to open it and and then reach out and listen to the stuff that I'd sent her. And I just thought like, sometimes things just align in the most amazing way. Um, and so when I said yes to being in the film, like when she asked about the music and everything, I... I didn't know that it was going to be on Netflix. I don't think she even knew because when we said yes, there was no COVID. Like COVID hadn't yet like oh, hit. So it was going to yes. be in cinemas. Like that's where it was going to be. Then like fast forward a few months later or like actually I said yes in early 2020. And then like now 2021 is when I got a message from um, the director saying, oh, by the way, uh, this is where the, the film is going to actually be. And I was like, what? Netflix? A whole Netflix? So yeah, that's how that happened. Oh, that must have been amazing. <laughs> and I'm just yes. thinking, um, like we, we live in such amazing times that, um, and, and, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll also come to this when you're talking about the kind of music that you're doing because um, having the internet and, and, and having that tool has enabled creatives to bypass so many gatekeepers. Yes. Because I'm thinking for, if, we, if we're looking 10 years ago, for you to have been able to do that, just have your music as a soundtrack on a movie, like you, you needed to have an agent, <laughs> yes. talk to another agent, talk to another agent. <laughs> exactly. You know, and then also the fact that, so the director is Lola D. She's an amazing Nigerian director. And she also worked with um, a Kenyan Kenyan co-director, I believe, Sarah Hassan. So they worked mm -hmm. together on the movie. And the thing is, a lot of people have also made themselves more accessible, right? So that's also helped. So the internet has helped, but also people are more open mm -hmm. to you reaching out to them. Because before, exactly what that's you're saying, there'd be like 10 yeah, steps. Yeah, like talk to my agent. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. now there is a chance of someone really massive, like actually seeing your cover or like just seeing your piece of work and saying, I want to use that or I want to connect with you. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's really amazing. And and there's also, you, you mentioned something about putting yourself out there mm. and that now feeds into the work that you're doing as a, as a marketer. So uh, being a creative, how has your skill set as a, as a marketing consultant, how has that helped you? Wow. Immensely. So as a marketing consultant, what I, I made a big decision to make myself my first client because I felt like if I'm a marketing consultant and my music brand doesn't reflect that I'm a marketing consultant, then, you know, I don't know how many people will believe me. Right. So That's I felt true. like you should be your, and it's a principle that I tell many people, you should be your first client in whatever it is you're doing, whatever skills you have, you need to use them for your brand first because it's the best portfolio you're ever going to have. And so what I've done personally is like, I have strategies for myself. I have meetings with myself. I'm like, okay, where do you want to go? What do you want where to you achieve? Want to, where do you see yourself Literally, in five years? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what are we going to do? So yeah. being a marketing consultant or being in the, in the, industry there has helped me like think about how I can get creative about how I want to push my brand and just seeing opportunity because the things I tell my clients I'm like I better be applying them first before I tell anyone else you know that this is what they're supposed to be doing so it's helped me immensely and I think probably given me an advantage in in many ways but there's something as as creatives and it's something that I also I also struggle with as a as a creative you want to be humble you don't want to be all up in people's faces and be like oh I'm awesome and and you need to realize I am and you and you you're all you know you're on all social media platforms and and you're just talking about how awesome you are this this I think there's something um for certain generation where it was inculcated in us that 
just be humble you know you you're not the you know the kind of person that is always um uh you know just talking about yourself and a lot of a lot of creatives struggle with that mm. that you feel oh I, I want people to just discover me and I, I don't want to be the one blowing my own trumpet. <laughs> um, and, and, and we see that. And also uh, the value that um, a lot of creatives attach to being on social media or having a brand online. And um, so one of the things that, uh, because that's something that I also do. Um, I think we were just talking about this earlier that uh, um, I've always had poetry uh, creativity and I've also I've always also had a career in um, communications, uh, PR, specializing in PR and uh, and content marketing. Mm. And you know, as as one of those, so um, and, and there's a there's a saying in in my mother tongue where you say the maker of 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 pots, uh, you know, cooks using broken pots. Okay. Uh, that's the analogy. <laughs> it, it comes up better in 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 in, uh, in my in my own language, but. The whole idea is uh, we're very good at uh, this thing and, and applying the skill set to someone else, but mm -hmm. not but not to our, but not to ourselves. And so for me, that's that's a learning curve, you know, coming from you because it's uh, a lot of times we do that. And um, the the thing to realize is that if you don't put yourself out there, no one is going to like no one is going to come to you and be like, oh, we love your music and we want to do this for you. We want to create a, an Instagram page for you and we want to be, um, you know, posting for you. And um, so that brings me to um, the question that I wanted to ask on. Uh, so when you now look at, you know, your, your career in, uh, in as a musician is taking off and you also have this uh, uh, skill set as a marketer. Um, do you see a time where you will have to will have to drop one uh, for the other, or one will have to take a, a back seat? And this I'm asking partly for myself, okay? Because <laughs> I've always had instances in my life where uh, my creativity I give it priority, and then and then, then uh, at certain seasons in my life my um, career took precedence. But it's always been yeah. So how, how, how do you see yours panning out? <laughs> well, I think I've been very fortunate that there's seasons. I find with both my music and marketing, there's seasons. So there's some seasons when one is busier than the other. I don't think I'll ever have to give either one up. Um, also because the way I hope to have my career in both is thinking about ways I can enjoy both. Um, so one of the things I'm doing in marketing now is, yes, I do one-on-one -on -one consultations with people, but I'm working on creating courses and training um, and doing things where I don't have to be physically present. So my marketing career can still continue whether I'm actually working with people one-on-one -on -one or not. Mm -hmm. And then also the beauty of the internet and being digital means that there's a lot of things you can automate that that your career can still grow again, whether you're present or not. I think I love being in both because they feed each other. One, me being a musician who's a marketer means that I'm more empathetic with my clients because I understand how it feels to have to balance a lot and still market your brand. So I think I like having both and I'll do my best to keep both in my life as long as possible. But then I'm also aware that who knows what the future holds. The seasons might change and I might get to a point where I'm like, I'm done or I just want to have a break. But I think, I don't think I'm ever going to give either one up so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, this brings me to, there's something that we were talking about and you meant, you, you told me that um, you bootstrapped for your album. Yes. Tell us about I that. I did. So I was working, I was working at um, an online store. So 
it was a startup and I was working there like heading, like doing comms. I was basically doing everything. So I was the assistant, but I was like pretty much managing the, the business. And from the money I earned from there, I was putting away in a money market fund so that I could earn interest so that I could pay for my album. So I knew how much my album was going to cost. And we had a, a payment plan with my producer. So I knew roughly when I would need to pay for different things. And I decided, you know, I wanted to own my album in every way that I could. So both obviously because I wrote the songs and my voice and everything, but I wanted to also pay for it as if I was a label. And I knew the best way to do that was I needed another job because at that point in time in my career, I wasn't, I wasn't earning anything from my music. So I decided I get this other job that will feed into my music. But then I also wanted the comfort to create what I wanted that wasn't dictated by somebody else. And I felt like if I paid for my album, then I'd have way more freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are so, so many lessons to draw from that experience. And I mean, your um, ability to, you know, first and foremost, uh, you being, being very intentional about um, that you want to own each and every aspect of, of the album, because that's something that... Um, Yes, musicians nowadays are realizing the importance of owning. And then uh, my previous the previous episode of this podcast, I was just talking with uh, well, you know my guest, and he, we were just talking about one of the one of the artists, and they've been having you know years of court battles because mm -hmm. um, when they were they got a bad deal, and it's a group that is very well known. They're called De La Soul, and they got a bad deal. They did not own the masters to their music. Yeah. And they've That's just been tough. having, you know, dragging court cases, but they finally owned the masters to their song. And, you know, as um, being a creative and being very intentional about what you want to do with your music and that you own each and every aspect of that, that's really important. Yeah, and for <laughs> me, I think what really helped was by the time I was doing my album, I'd, I'd watched a lot of different interviews and documentaries on artists, be it locally or internationally, who had gone through that. And so I was like, let me just research a little bit on the music business. What do I need to know? And then I also spoke to like... Um, music or entertainment lawyers. I went to June Gashui and I asked her for some feedback on like the contract. So that's another thing I did. Like before my producer and I started working together on like what you've heard now, the instrumentation and like my vocals, I made sure we had a contract because I was like, let's have a contract first before the thing is released and then everyone changes their mind. Yeah. And so doing that really helped me that now when the music is out and all these things are happening, we already have an agreement, right? So that was really important for me. But I think the thing I think that's important for us as artists is we have to educate ourselves. No one is going to educate, like, you know, like any other business or any other craft, you learn. You don't just learn like how to sew or fashion. You have to learn the business. So I think as creatives, we have to learn the business and that's nobody's job but our own. Like, you must educate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's, uh, you know, that's, like, um, a really important point that you've put. And also coming to the, what you talked about on on money. Because, you know, this whole idea of a struggling artist has been romanticized so much that, um, and, and, and it's it's coming, it's, it's stemming from the notion that, and maybe there's some truth to it, that mm. um, there's, there's, there's creativity that comes from, from struggle. You know, but then it's sort of taken. It's sort of taken too far. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? And creativity coming through struggle. Well, I think 
you know, people can process things. Like, as I said, I process things through music. Um, I think everyone will create from a different place. Some people create from their pain. Some cre people create from their joy. Most times people believe the pain will help you create really well. But I think that's a bit of a, I don't know. I think it is possible to create from pain, but I don't think that's now means that you should go look for it. I think that there's a space where you can allow yourself to still create from a place of joy. Um, and then also the whole like, being a struggling artist, for me, I'm like, that is not a path <laughs> that I would choose. Uh, yeah, I just I just feel like there's there's more abundance and that's a more happier place to operate from than a place mm -hmm. where you're saying you have to struggle to get something good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now, I, I, I came across your song from a newsletter that is shared by some two very good friends of mine. Shout out to... Um, Aliyah Kassam and Daisy Mora. Mm -hmm. So they share this amazing newsletter that is called uh, Liam Sisterhood. And that is where I got to know about your, about your song. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I watched it. And then um, I, I think the, the, the video to... Um, just um, Better Than Just Fine? Better than, yes, Better Than Just Fine. Yeah. And I loved the video. Thank you. It, the ending was not what I expected. Yeah. I was hoping the girl would at least get an audition or something nice would happen to her. But I guess that's what the song is about. Yeah. That things might not go your way, but... But she kind of did. So uh -huh. there's a twist in the video which some people get and some, and people, some people don't. 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 I was like, yeah, there's something I didn't get in so the ending. So basically, they're both me. So the girl is... Oh. So that's me in the past. Like going for the audition and not getting because that actually did happen. So I went when I was studying in okay, uni. Now it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I went. So we're doing two timelines at the same time. So there's my past and there's me. And then that's why oh. we use the same house and we go to the same space because I wanted it to be part of my story. And that has been my journey. You go to auditions, you know, you're told, oh no, sorry. Yeah. So so that's how it. So in the end, it is happy. But sometimes people don't connect, and that's why <laughs> and we you're call her Olivia. With the video of you, oh, that was. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Then I feel maybe this is just me. Um, I, I, I feel like the video, like for us to tell that this is the past and this is the present, if it was in black, I no, don't know. I didn't but, want that. I actually wanted a play on time that was very okay. difficult. And then there's yes. only little clues. So the fact that oh, when she walks into the house to. and her mother calls her Olivia... Right. I so that's that. yeah. So there's that. very little <laughs> subtle things. And it's because also I like film that does that, that okay. plays on your mind yes. and plays on timelines. So it's something that I was like, oh, when I'm doing a music sense. video. <laughs> I don't make sense. I, I loved I loved the video. And 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 where I was um I was going with this is um and uh, you know, uh, this is what I, I'd want us to dwell on for, for the next few minutes. So then uh recently, like a, a few days ago, um I I was actually uh, reading a news another newsletter from this space where we are we are shooting at uh, Baraza, and they have a uh, I think it's a weekly or a monthly newsletter that they send out, and the person who was curating shared a link to a Spotify playlist, mm -hmm. and again two of your songs <laughs> are in that list, and the the playlist that was being shared it's alternative or alternate or underground Kenyan music. Mm -hmm. And it has about, uh, I think, about 65 songs. It's uh, compiled by Tattoo Shani. And he's doing amazing things. He and is. I was hoping to have him on, on studio, but um, that's uh, I'm still trying to, to get him. But what I love about that is there's a very 
different sound that is coming out that is coming out from um you know yourself and different other musicians tattoo included there's another um artist that I was listening to I think it's called M M M Walk I hope I'm getting that right Yes and M Walk yeah Oh and I'm like this is so different it is so um and it's it's sort of um it uh it is it moves away from what we have known kenyan music as mm-hmm. and and that brings a lot of questions to a lot of people because <laughs> they're like this doesn't sound kenyan <laughs> like you know um you, and and but it's different and it's and it's um appealing to a different a different audience mm. how was your music received after the album came out and you know all this um now people are getting to learn about it have you had people come to you and tell you olivia your music is good but kuna vile high sound high sound kenyan i mean i get told that all the time it yeah. doesn't sound but then i'm like i'm kenyan and i made music and that's kenyan enough <laughs> that it needs to be uh yeah. firstly that's what i would i think mm-hmm. but then at, at the same time i think like we all express ourselves in very different ways um for, people really loved it i've gotten so many people say i connect to this song this is my favorite song some yeah. songs that i didn't even think would be their favorite song like yeah. people are like this song like one of the songs that i didn't know would connect so well with people is don't break So it's the second song on the album and I've gotten a lot of people tell me that they connected to it. But yeah, I think when I was creating the album the most important thing to me was being authentically myself. So how can I create music that I love, that I connect to? And I think that when it comes to Kenyan sound, I think it's very varied. I don't think there's anything specific. And even when we look at other regions where we think we know what is say the Nigerian sound or yes. the that's just what is known most of but if you go to the country it's so diverse what mm-hmm. else is there or even like um in Tanzania maybe what we know is bongo like that's the one that we might know because it's the one that was exported the most but yes. it's so diverse and i think even as me as an artist the, the most important thing to me is make sure you create something you connect with and that you love and that way other people will be able to connect to that mm. yeah i totally agree with you because i think the the argument stems from uh when someone is just looking at it for for commercial reasons so yes. they're like we don't know how to package your music <laughs> like we need to call it afrofusion but then, yeah. then or we need to call it something and and that um you know now it comes down to as as an artist um what are your uh what are your incentives for for creating because there are those who you know they are like you know i just want to make a hit mm-hmm. and then make money from it and so if that is uh, you know that is your line then um, you know there are different types of music that you can you know um use different styles and and you will get True. there mm-hmm. but then if you want to make music that is authentic to you and uh, you feel it is really coming from uh, uh you know uh, a place of um uh a, a place where you know that that is you mm. then it doesn't matter what people will call it like yeah it doesn't <laughs> and i think also at the end of the day you still can make music by being authentic you just have to be really strategic right like so a lot of now there's a lot of money in syncing like having your music placed in movies right so that is a growing and especially with the pandemic because now a lot of streaming platforms like 
Netflix signed up so many more films than before, like, and other people started streaming platforms because we were stuck at home. You couldn't go to the cinema. So I think there are different ways you can make money. It might, there, I know of people who like, I've watched their masterclasses and they're making lots of money just because they got film placements or advert placements, but they're not known. Like not many people know who they are, but they're yeah. making money. So I think yeah. it's also as artists, I've opening our minds to the business of music and how many ways we can still make an amazing living from music, whether you have like a trending song or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's really uh, true. And also, I think there's also a need for um, musicians and even creatives to awaken to the fact that the old scripts of, oh, this is the way that we market music, or this is the way that we market um, poetry, or this is the way that we market writing, that all those scripts, like, you just have to throw them out because <laughs> they no longer work. And the reason I'm saying that and coming from... Um, um, speaking speaking as a writer, um, there are lots of writers nowadays who self-publish. Yes. So, because previously, um, a lot of writers believed, oh, no, um, I need to get a publisher. And of mm. course, the publisher will tell you, we're not looking for this kind of writing. Oh, you, you, the kind of writing you're doing, we're not looking for this style. If you could write like Chimamanda, then... <laughs> You know she's paved the way for African writers, so you need to you need to write like that. But you're like, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not Chimamanda. Not everyone mm -hmm. can write like her. True. So now self-publishing has become an avenue through which different writers can still have uh, you know their their work read. And and right now I'm, I'm reading a, a book from um, uh, she's a South African uh, writer called Zukiswa. One mm -hmm. of her book is is called uh, The Madams. A very interesting book. And she actually created. Um, publishing house to publish her work. Wow, I love that. Yes, and and this is the and this is and and this is the, the you know the, the lesson to all us creatives out there that you will find avenues, mm. even if it's if, if it's if, especially if it's your music. I mean, who would have thought that your song would have been a soundtrack or in a movie on Netflix? I know, right? So I mean, that's that that that, that right there tells yeah. you, and. Um, I mean, we're, we're living in, 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 in amazing times and uh, I think we are at that point where um, as, as a creative, follow your gut, follow your gut instinct. Absolutely. And when you were talking about self-published, so I have a cousin, his name is Robert Bell and he has, he self-published last year and his book is called Blow the Lid Off. And that's exactly what he did. He raised the money. He like, he did everything. And now he has his his um, his book out. And it was because he believed in his vision. And he was like, I'm not going to wait to get a publisher. I'm going to actually, you know, release release mm -hmm. the book. And so, yeah, yeah. follow your gut. It, honestly, it's one of the best guiding tools you have internally. And the more we listen to that, yeah. yeah. So, um, and that's a great note for us to end. And so, thank you so much, uh, Olivia, for coming on to the show. Uh, thank you for the amazing work that you're doing. I... Um, you know, they're rooting for you. And you. Um, you can find Olivia and her music on uh, Spotify. You'll find her on social media, across the different social media platforms. Please follow her, uh, follow her work. And uh, yeah, so please, and, and, and also engage with her. So um, it's been great having you on to, on to the show. I hope you, that you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Uh, if you haven't, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast on any of the podcasting channels that you use, that uh, you, you use, or even on on YouTube. So until the next time, kohiri. <laughs>